0: Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back to episode eight of Avanti Insights. We're continuing. This is part two of our conversation with the most connected human in the world, Chris Dancy, who joined us in episode seven. And we had so much to unpack, so much we couldn't get to. We're carrying it over into episode eight. So Chris, we really appreciate you joining us again here. And of course, we have none other than Chris Gettle, in the house as well to help me pose the interview questions to Chris Dancy. So Mr. Gettle, let's, let's have you kick things off. You were fascinated by what we were talking about in episode seven with Chris about as we started to, at the end, we started to think about, well, the everywhere workplace and Avanti has, you know, uh, has been you know, touting empowering the everywhere Workplace. So, you know, what is it that you want to ask Chris along those lines, given that he is so connected and in a non pandemic environment, he is traveling the world and needs to work from anywhere he is?
1: Yeah. And I think uh, I'm going to throw out a few buzzwords real quick. We got thrown into this, you know, uh, new normal. We progressed the digital transformation that the world is going through by. Years I've heard anywhere from like five, seven, 10 years that we've now been thrown into the future from the progression that we were on before. I think that our last conversation, Chris, where you talked about how you had to look at technology differently and the value of technology, both from more of a personal uh, standpoint, um, I think that's necessary as we go forward. Adrian, you mentioned the everywhere workplace. Chris, you've been living that everywhere workplace to a level of depth than most people, um, you know, in this COVID world, had really achieved before now. Let's let's unpack that a little bit. So, this everywhere workplace, we've got to balance work and personal. We've got to worry about the things that we're doing. What's it exposing us to? Uh, you know, privacy wise for ourselves. What's it exposing from a risk perspective for the companies we work for? Your mobile device may have work and personal on it. The you know if you're working on a laptop again, how many people aren't going to go and check on uh, you know Amazon for something that they want to shop for while they're taking a, a quick mental break at work? You know, all these things are interconnected, and we're really just now putting some more definitive labels on it. I think that's where uh, you know your your experiences so far, being so far ahead of most of the rest of us on this transformation, could be very insightful. I love the concept of the
2: everywhere workplace. Um, it's uh, it just—I mean, to me, I, I feel like I've always been in the everywhere workplace. I started, like I said, being, you know, back at Goldmine in the late '90s. Uh, you know, so as a consultant, flying all over, you, your workplace really was everywhere. And endpoint looked a lot different then. You know, you got your patch discs sent to you. You know, you didn't download them from anywhere. I think it's really important. You know, let's start like real high level, like right? the everywhere workplace. I think. You know, we have to now start seeing as our devices when they're not, you know, within a, a physical uh, area that's managed by our organization and they are remote. Also at this new layer, because now you also have to be concerned about is your is your laptop and your mobile device even clean? Like we don't even talk about are you wiping them off? Like when you're out, you know, because of, you know, viruses and things like that, you know, um, you know, we, we've we've done some, I think, help helping people understand kind of uh, s- social uh scamming, you know, but how many employees get scam messages, scam emails, uh, now scam text messages, right? Now, when you go to a parking lot and you're parking your car, cause you're going to a sales appointment, there's a QR code on the machine that says pay with this QR code. They open up their phone, you know? So it's so much bigger than the everywhere workplace. I think it's everywhere safety, right? Um, and I think every safety is one of my values and I think everywhere safety needs to extend for really balanced companies beyond devices but to the people you know hr has done a really good job of making sure we have you know the right access to resources and are we getting enough exercise and all this kind of stuff but like this whole safety thing especially when you start to consider climate change right you know how is device security and endpoint management changed in a world where devices can be cut off from the internet do they have enough you know to keep functioning, uh, Red Hook, New Jersey, during one of the hurricanes back a decade ago, had to create this whole kind of mesh network so that things could keep functioning. So there's a lot here to unpack around the everywhere workplace, uh, but I want to get too far into it. So we can just address some very specific questions. But but at its core, the everywhere workplace is about using values to drive the decisions your company and your employees make day to day. What they value.
0: Well, I, I like I like your phrase. They're everywhere safety. Mr. Gell, I think you would agree with that.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. And I think this is one of those things in our last episode, you talked about how we interact with the next generation. I remember growing up and you probably do too, like there were safety things that we got exposed to. You remember the Mr. Yuck stickers or other things like that, where we got exposed to the things that we had to worry about and be safe about in the world. And I think that we've got this new level of digital safety, to your point, that we all have to take into consideration. I think from a corporate perspective, anti-phishing training, other security training is happening there. How much of that is getting down to this next generation before they get to the workplace? And how much of that can really help us to evolve across uh, you know, uh, everything that we do? What yeah. if the next generation of people coming up into that everywhere workplace already know the risks of the interactions they're having, both from a a social uh, you know mobile, you, you mentioned SMS text, QR codes, email, all of these things can be used to attack our digital safety. How do we continue to improve, improve that evolution of being more digital digital safety aware yeah. and uh, you know make sure that this is both uh, again, we're talking a lot about the everywhere workplace in terms of Avanti from a corporate perspective, but I think it, it goes across both that everywhere workplace, work and personal, Safety is important for both sides, right?
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I, I, I was fortunate enough to be asked by the National Safety Council, you know, the seatbelt people, uh, the, the, the crash test dummies, to do an event for them. Uh, and that was working on workplace safety. Um, and it's weird because the safety folks, it's not really weird. It's just interesting how these kind of little alcoves happen. But the safety folks usually think about, like, old factories and, like, non-slip floors. But that whole safety industry is now starting to focus on psychological safety. Right, workplace psychological safety is a big deal, right? Especially in the age of all the different social movements we're seeing happening, right? Well, we all know that you know all you have to do is say the wrong thing online. Now let's juxtaposition that whole idea of well, what is workplace safety? And we've got a pretty good handle on how these devices are used and managed and controlled from an endpoint. But now let's move over to like families, right? We do an amazingly good job as companies. Avante does a really amazing job to make sure employees are safe and secure and the devices are safe and secure. But I think right now, since everybody is everywhere, I don't think it's out of reason to help have companies expect that they could help manage their family, right? My pets have trackers on them, like GPS trackers, right? I wouldn't expect my employer to manage those, but my employer should know that I have them. And my employer should help me understand, like, the best ways to deal with that information. Because, yeah, you've secured my phone and done all this other stuff. But if I'm walking my dog, well, there's a big open hole right there. My employer might have all my devices locked down, but my house is full of cameras filming everything, which is kind of negates all the security that you've put into place around not letting this information slip out into the world. <clears throat> so I think we are ripe for opportunity. But I have to say that I think we need to start with young people. I mean, if the pandemic taught us anything, my husband's a school teacher, you know, elementary, middle, and high schoolers are not ready. They are not ready for this new world. And if we think that we're going to just let them continue to remote learn and then go to college and whatever the future looks like and then get out in a world that's already 20 years ahead, we've got got really big problems on our hands. So I think we need to look at a whole safety approach for families and workplaces and communities specifically. When I always look at my kind of social stack, it's always me. Like, like, am I being safe and healthy? Then it's my, my family, like a we being, then it's my community. Um, then it's my, my, my local larger community. And and then it's for me, at least it's my social, my digital social circle. So the people who are in kind of close proximity to me, and then it's larger societal issues, you know, pandemics and, and, and climate change. But that stack I think is something that any corp- corporation could get on, uh, get involved with. I see a day where Avanti could start, merging you know you know apple apple health or, or fitbit data with email like okay uh you've been doing enough we're shutting off your email now because you haven't gotten up from your desk uh, that's the type of family safety i'm looking for that's the type of endpoint that's the work anywhere you know i you know you're, you're, we haven't heard you interact with your kid in three days We're actually just shutting you down. That's the type of value-based computing we could be talking about. We've done remarkable at keeping companies and people safe from a corporate level. In the everywhere workplace, we have to start to think about how we actually care for the care for the nodes that are flesh and blood, not just silicon and
1: aluminum.
0: Well, I'll tell you, I, I like what you're saying there. I have to ask you, how, how, do, how does that GPS, is that working well for your pets? Because my wife wants to get that for my dog Milo and insert that in case he runs away from us at the beach down in Santa uh, we, Cruz.
2: We have had, GP, I've had GPS trackers on my dogs for over 10 years. Now one dog passed away. So it's like, but that's, <laughs> that's the other thing that's really weird about GPS because you start to see their their behavior decline. It's wonderful. I mean, you can put all sorts of Apple, just release these Apple tags. People are already saying, I'm going to clip them on my dogs. Um. I love it. We live in an area where I don't think the dogs will get out, but if they do, that's one thing. But the more important thing is we also live in a disaster-prone area. We've had a lot of floods where I live. Uh, We just had a freeze. So, you know, being able to keep track of your pets, you know, beyond just a chip is, is, is important. Don't chip your children or or track your children. Though (laughs) this is not—you can't believe how many people say. You know, I I put a tracker on my kid. I'm like, God, and you expect them to trust you?
0: Yeah, no. uh, You know, as I mentioned in episode seven, my kids are 15 and 13, and uh, yeah, (laughs) the last thing they want is for me to know their their whereabouts every minute of the day. So, um, Chris. I listened to one of your keynotes on your website prior to this podcast, and you said technology can be good or it can be easy. It can't be both. And in that keynote, you did not elaborate on that. And I wasn't quite sure what you meant by that. Can you unpack that for us?
2: I regret saying that to this day, but it's true. It's so true. Technology can be good or it can be easy, but it can't be both. This is weird because it's hard because i me talking to you because- I'm your people, you know, like Luke, I'm your father, right? Like I understand, like our goal is always to make these systems that we deploy for our employees and for our organizations as easy as possible. But when I say easy and good, I mean, sometimes we sacrifice convenience for maybe a deeper human connection. Let me give you an example. Uber, super easy, probably not good. Let's talk about why. Well, I don't know what it does to the human psyche to be able to pick up a device and command a stranger to come pick you up and take you someplace you probably shouldn't be going in the middle of a pandemic, but it's probably not good. Now, there are other ways you could use Ubers. Like, you know, I think it's great for people who might be homebound who don't have transportation. But for me, the what became obvious in the good or easy debate was what Uber did last year or the year before. I can't remember. So now with Uber Black, when you summon your car, you can actually tell it to silence your driver. So the the option now allows you to say, have the car come get me, but I don't want to speak to the, to the person who's driving the car because they just want a silent ride. Again, I understand there's some days where I don't want to have a casual conversation with a complete stranger. But I think we're starting to put too much emphasis on user convenience and user experience and not a much enough on human experience. Right, You have to have some things as a user. If you make everything about your, I'm saying as a human, if you make everything about your user experience, you will be used. If you make everything about the human experience, it won't be as frictionless, but it will have, I think, a lot more gravitas and a deeper connections. I think there are ways you can do both. So that, I hope that's kind of a clearer way of what I meant by good or easy. I think in the enterprise, sometimes things are made so frictionless and so easy, but let's just take another enterprise process someone's signing up for health care right you sign up for a, 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 a an option you didn't have last year I, I, again i think there should be some type of warning about that but they've made it so easy you know like you know, hey you just decreased your life insurance and you were two years older and you've missed your last two exams you know just i, I call it big mother instead of big brother i seem think there are ways that we could really like focus on that i'm all for like great user experience when it comes to web design and simplicity and stuff like that. And we we all struggle with passwords and all the other things. But I think we often have to say like, to me, like, I wish we'd change pass phrases to like past love phrases. Like you should be able to create pass phrases that, that are sentences of things you value. Like most of my passphrases are things like, you were loved deeply by your family and the world exclamation point and my, you know, some other strange thing, right? That's not actually real. But I think, again, there's an opportunity where we could take security management, and actually embed our values into it. When I used to change passwords as an admin, I used to send people motivational statements they would have to type in as their, or their, 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 their challenged password to change it again. And this is just one of those things where I've always been deeply connected to, why aren't we using tech? and all the ways we manage it to
1: get closer to ourselves. Yeah, Chris, that's a good point. Like um, the the and your background in the ITSM space probably fits this quite well. The the transition towards uh, more ambient experiences and omni-channel experience, I think, really kind of overlaps with your um, good versus easy uh, yes. description there. So. I I, I I love that, and that's something that we we absolutely um, you know are, are trying to do at, even outside of ITSM. Why can't security be uh, um, you know easy to use and overall you know a better life experience, right? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned passwords um, passwords I don't think there's anybody out there who says, yeah, I, I love passwords. I, I, I love having a lot of passwords. I love having really long passwords. I love having complex passwords that no human can ever remember. It just <laughs> never happens. Um, so are you see, are there any trends? Like, obviously we've got this shift towards passwordless authentication. I don't need a password anymore. That's great. I can use devices, a token. I've got my biometrics. I've got other ways that I can authenticate. I think that's one good example of how technology is moving in the right way. Are there Mm -hmm. any others that you're scratching your head on saying, why, why hasn't somebody gotten there with this one yet? What, what, what's the holdup on this one? Why can't it evolve? Well,
2: again, let's just talk about some of the things you just mentioned, because I think it's, it's just rich. So, like, I use Google Authenticator, right? I use it sure. for uh, a lot of things. But the little countdown pie just decrementing itself till it's absolutely gone is the most anxiety-provoking thing I've ever experienced. I almost feel like I'm going to have a panic attack every time I have to log in, right? To me, you could make that, like, count up, or you could turn it into a flower, When it when it you could do something else with just the imagery, right? I think there are ways we could talk about that. Let's talk about biometrics, you know, face scans and 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 fingerprints and things. You know, I would encourage people to smile when they have to scan their face for the first time, right? We're just not thinking about how many ways we can start to embed the new since we have to use so much of the security, how much we could help people think about kind of these really wonderfully positive things. As far as things I scratch my head about, I mean, I still occasionally get asked, like, to send a fax. Talk about security. So, right, you want me to take a highly secure document to a complete stranger at a place I've never been before, hand it to them, all right, have them scan it to another stranger I don't know, and then you hand it back to me, I mean, you know, and then the things that just don't make sense. By the way, I love the kind of the new kind of magic link things happening with security where you log into something, it sends you an email. I love that. But just once I would like a computer when I check, remember this computer to remember this computer. Every browser I have has some type of dementia where it just, it does not remember the computer. And I love cookies, but apparently my computer doesn't keep them anymore. So it's just like, I I could go on and on with how ranty a lot of this stuff is, but you all live with it. Uh, But I do think we're heading in in, in, in a better place, but I'll end with this my I have a 10-year-old sister-in-law long story um and she was over this past week first time i've seen her since the pandemic and i when i was asking her about her school experience she said the hardest part wasn't taking classes online wasn't uploading her homework it was managing the security that was the hardest part you know and i just think man if you can't win over a 10-year-old who wants to use a computer we've got big problems right
0: wow no kidding well, you know, we are coming down the home stretch. So, Mr. Gettle, I'm going to ask, do you have a final question for Chris here?
1: Oh, that is that is a tough one. Um, Chris, <laughs> I would say um, most, uh, it, what, what would you put as your best um, digital experience? Like the one that connects with your values most? What What's the thing that you look back on, on all the things you've connected to and say, that that's the one that I really do hold above most others?
2: Uh, I have a saying I close every keynote with, and it's something I learned maybe in 2013 or 2014, and I'll apply it to all my technology. The saying is this, we don't know how to measure what we care about, so we care about what we measure. So what I do now is every single time a piece of technology tells me how to measure something, I go, is that really the best way? So that's it. I mean, it sounds cliche, but I would encourage people, if you could do one thing for the rest of your life, it's like, whenever you're handed a, a measurement, do not value it until you wonder, is that really what you value? Like, right? we don't know how to measure what we value as a, as a society, as a business, as a person. So we value what we are given as measurements. I think it's huge. The other one's kind of personal. Uh, I'm going to give you one more. It's kind of a personal one. Never tell anyone what you know. Tell them how you think about it. Everyone can look up anything. They cannot look up how you think. If you want your wife to be better, your boss to be better, your neighborhood to be better, stop telling people what you know. Tell them how you think about it. Your life will be instantly better tomorrow.
0: And Chris, let me ask you, my final question is, so um, I I believe you're working on a three-book series. You have the one book, Don't (laughs) Unplug, How Technology Saved My Life and Can Save Yours Too. What's next for Chris Dancy as we look to come out of COVID-19? What's on the horizon for you?
2: Well, I just shot a special for, uh, Nat Geo at the end of last year. It should be at the end of this year. So be looking for that. I mean, I'm sure like, but there's so much to watch. The last thing I do is encourage anyone to like add that to a list. <laughs> uh, the next book I'm working on right now is generally called the art of happiness. So basically it's a value-based approach to personal and work computing. Um, cause I just think it's super important and, 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 that's it. I've got a couple talks already scheduled for the, for Europe in the fall. Uh, you know, just regular things. Right now, I'm about to take a couple months off. It sounds weird we're in the middle of a pandemic, but it's been really stressful. You know, we're coming out of the pandemic now. You'd think, okay, that's good. Let's race back. But I'll be honest with you, Adrian and Chris, I, I just need some time. I just, it's been really, even for me who's managed it, well, it's been really hard watching people struggle and watching people uh, just really, really have a hard time with all this. And I just, I need some time away from, the the kind of overwhelmingness of it all and i'd encourage anyone listening do the same thing if you can and if uh, let me say one more thing i always say this i forgot my phone number is literally on my website if if you're listening to this and anything touched you or you feel scared or you feel anxious and you're not sure what you're going to do people call me every single day from all over the world i I literally will pick up the phone. You are not alone. You are not your devices, and you are not the things that measure you. And if if you need to hear it, someone does care about you, and I'll care about you till you can find someone else who will.
0: Chris, I I, I think that's a great way to end it. We. Greatly appreciate you taking the time, especially before you're looking to take a break for a couple of months. So we're <laughs> glad that we were able to, to nab you now and not just for one episode, but for two and, you know, and as, as as you continue along with speaking in Europe, continue you know, working on your, your second book. Now, you know, if you ever have time, we would welcome you with open arms here at Avanti insights.
2: Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, uh, Chris. It was so much fun. And uh, if, you know, I hope everyone listens to the podcast and I appreciate you guys you know, having me on. It was, it was like a dream come true. I felt like it was a homecoming because I had worked for like all the different companies uh, and and all the tools you guys have worked for. And I literally reached out to Avante and said, can, I, can we talk? And Grandpa Cyborg wants to chat.
0: Well, we're, we are glad that you reached out. So, folks, that has been two episodes with Chris Dancy. Check out his website, chrisdancy.com the most connected human on earth. And we hope to have him again here soon until next time, folks, stay safe, be secure and keep smiling.